The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. This uh, case wherein a primary school was ordered to pay twelve thousand euro compensation to a girl with Down syndrome after she had to spend most of her school day in a foyer outside the classroom and away from her classmates. It has opened up something of a conversation uh, today about the education system and society as a whole and how inclusive it really is. Uh, With me is Bernard Mulvaney, who's co-founder of Access for All, and Nicola Hart, uh, who uh, does work with Down Syndrome Ireland. And Nicola, I might start with you. I mean, were you surprised by this case? Yeah, I think we were. Um, We... I suppose we only really have contact with schools and families that engage with us. And it was a surprise to have a school that, that was struggling in this way, um, that wasn't, wasn't willing to engage. Uh, I mean, I don't want to get into too much of the detail of this particular case, but I mean, how, how normal is it? How common is it that schools would be struggling to accommodate children with additional needs? I think we all accept that there can be challenges at times um, and certainly talking about children with Down syndrome, they will have delayed development and many won't have had the level of early intervention and therapy that they need and deserve. But exclusion is not the answer to that. Um, teachers are professionals uh, and they're very expert professionals and they have the responsibility to adapt their teaching to meet the needs of every child in their class. Why would something like this happen? I mean, what, what are the kind of the, the, the commonalities across these types of cases? What's usually going on? Um, I mean, it's a sign that, that something isn't working, that there isn't, um, that the, something isn't working out for this child. Um, and the, 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 that's not to say this is the fault of the child. This is like the school needs to adapt to the child to create an inclusive inclusive environment, every child needs to be welcomed into the school. And we know that inclusive society starts with inclusive education. Like we shouldn't be excluding children who maybe behave a little differently. And I mean, does this speak to when cases like this occur or, or, or circumstances, situations like this occur, does it speak to to a lack of understanding, to a stigma, or is it often a lack of resourcing? I think there's always room for for more resources, but actually, like there are lots of resources out there, um, and it's it's how schools allocate those resources. They can they can also look for additional resources. They can look to us for information and support. They can look to the NCSE for information and support and additional resources. There there are resources out there. I'm not saying that the system is perfect, but there are resources out there. I mentioned as well, Nicola, that Bernard Mulvaney is with us as well, co-founder of Access for All. Bernard, you're welcome to the show. What was your reaction when you heard some of the detail of this case? Uh, thanks for having me on, Karen. Yeah, um, well, first and foremost, uh, the reaction, I suppose, was as a parent of a child with disability, I was, I was horrified to read what I was reading about this child's exclusion and the way this child was treated. Um in Access for All, like obviously the name says it all, we try to fight for inclusion across the whole uh, broad society. But it's really interesting that this particular subject, when it comes to education, we, we do like to talk about this inclusive, accessible education system that we have. But mm. let's be honest now, it, it isn't that. And uh, I mean, you know, the the list, it's all, it's, it's out there. People can see there's topical news 
articles consistently coming into mainstream about children being excluded from school due to the fact that they have a disability because people don't know how to deal with disabilities. And as much as uh, different departments like to pontificate about you know funding being available, there's 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 also there's a side to it that that that's rarely addressed, and that's uh, how schools can deal with the students that are there with their disability. It's not just a case of plonking the child in the classroom with an SNA and saying, there you go. There's other supports that are needed. And uh, it's it's rarely addressed that those supports aren't readily available. And there's also the other side of it as well, to educate those who are management in the school or in the senior positions, mm. whether they be heads or vice principals, that it's 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 a whole myriad of uh, supports that's needed, and a lot of the time when those supports aren't there and they don't know how to address it, exclusion comes into it. The old adage, like you know, sort of, if we just into the corner, you know, we're playing our we're playing our part, we're doing our bit. Mm. The child is included, but really they're not. And I mean, from my own experience, just on this one point, just try to get a Montessori school for my daughter, who's a wheelchair user. We went to 11 Montessori's before we actually got a response. Wow. Uh, that, that we actually, we, and, and a wonderful Montessori that wasn't really kit, kit out for a wheelchair, but inclusive in the north inner city took our daughter. We had to travel to bring her to Montessori. And that then is the start of it. You're, 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 it's like the postcode lottery. You might be very lucky with the, the, the principal you get who is uh, is fairly quick to, to understand your situation, to put in place the proper supports. But I won't lie, and I hate saying this, but they're, they're few and far between. I mean, you know, as parents, we talk amongst each other all the time. And the horror stories I hear, it's really depressing at times. I mean, I have friends who were on their fourth school because their child who maybe has autism or some sort of behavioural issues that can easily be met with the proper supports, aren't being met. So they're just, you know, the school just sort of says, there's nothing we can do. And the child is sort of farmed off to the next school. And, and, and it's become sort of acceptable. And it's not anymore. Because education is supposed to be the most inclusive. Mm. It is, it's supposed to be. And, and, and yeah. as you say, we've got this kind of policy on paper, but it sounds like we don't have it in practice. No, we don't. We, we don't. And let's be honest, you know, I mean, when a child presents with issues and difficulties around how they learn and how they develop and they need proper support. And the worst part about it is there's areas in and around our country where schools have those supports. And then you can see the children, the way they flourish, the way they grow and the way they become a real integral part of your society, your community, all because there's targeted supports for those children. And it, it makes everyone's life better. It enriches both the child who has the disability and the community around them because they get to learn from them how an inclusive uh, system works and how they can become a, an integral part of the community. And, you know, I'm very fortunate. We live in a, in a place where the schools are quite well resourced and they have the supports in place. But you just have to go, like two miles over the road and those schools don't and families are screaming for help and then they're traveling to the next parish mm. to try and get those try type of supports because they know they're in place and, and I'm sorry, sorry. Barry, but I mean if you were to kind of cast the net a little bit wider and just look at society as a whole I mean would that be your assessment of of where we are in a more general sense that we've got kind of 
inclusive policies on paper, but the lived experience of people is very different. Oh, it's totally different. You just have to look at the July provision, the uh, the, the, the summer uh, provision that's set out for children with additional needs. I mean, they talk about the funding is there, the resources are there, but then once people start to access or try to access, they can't. You know, it comes down to a lot of time, staffing issues. And, uh, you know, I've had student teachers who've said to me that uh, they've been asked, begged to come in just to help provide that July provision. Uh, the minister will stand up and say, oh, but all the resources are there, but they're not there. Mm. They're, they're just not. We've got and, what, and sorry, but what are those additional resources? Because you mentioned, say, you know, that you can't just plop the child into the classroom and say, there's an SNA and off you go. There needs to be additional resources. No, what have, are they? Yeah, well, you need to have additional uh, learning support. So you'll have, uh, you'll have people who are who specialise in, unlike that, specialise in, in, in disability. So someone who has Asperger's has different needs than someone who would be, which is, which is classed as autism, but someone would have, a, have autism. And like that, then uh, a child who has a physical disability and not necessarily a, uh, an intellectual disability, they would, they would need a different type of uh, support from their SNA. It's a more a physical support. But every child, no more than every human, is different. And but you can tailor their educational needs through your do your assessments of need, your healthcare professionals that they work with understand the child, they understand what's needed, and then you put in place those teaching staff, the SNAs who are uh, who are, are trained in this particular type of uh, disability. I mean, if I take a really good example, is there's a, a unit in in Fairview, in Joey's in 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 Fairview, yeah, and. It is an amazing, an amazing place for uh, young people with, with Asperger's. The children flourish. It's just, it's, it's amazing. And you see that and how well it can work. But yet, just a stone's throw away, there's a family who cannot get a place for their children because the supports aren't in place. And the minister says, we will have a place, but then there's not a place and there's no comeback. And that family is left just drowning in, in, in a sea of helplessness. And it's, it's really upsetting. It's frustrating. As I said, I'm a father of a child with a disability. When I read this, it just really, really, it really hurts now because you're terrified that could be your child. Yeah. And, well, and you know, I don't, I don't think anyone means to hurt them. But when you're reading that the child was left out in the corridor and there was someone sat beside them and that was good enough for them, I mean... It's just, yeah. that's just heartbreaking stuff. Like, it is. In 2022. Listen, Bernard, uh, appreciate your time, really do. Bernard Mulvaney's co-founder of Access for All and Nicola Hart uh, does an awful lot of work with Down Syndrome Ireland. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.